0: hello my name is israel i've been involved in hip-hop since the 1980s as an artist producer radio show host journalist documentarian magazine editor hip-hop advocate and pundit over the years i've interviewed hundreds of interesting people in music media and more welcome to sounds from the underground the podcast from insomniac magazine where we learn from both those who reside below the surface and those who've preached it on this episode of insomniac magazine sounds from the underground podcast we hear from producer filmmaker and record label president david c doc snyder we discuss his production on the new public enemy album and working with def jam during its release c doc also provides insight into directing a live pe performance on the late show with stephen colbert he also talks about distributing his new film, Heights Girl 2, and cheers the latest and greatest on the Spit Slam record label group, which he runs alongside hip-hop great Chuck D. So with no further ado, let's get into this interview with C-Doc. Congratulations on the amazing album that just dropped not too long ago on Def Jam, might I add. What was that like to have... And knowing your background, and knowing that your uh, first introduction to hip hop was the golden era, uh, what was it like to release an album at least under the, the the name Def Jam?
1: Yeah, because it's obviously not the label that it was
0: anymore. No, Rick Rubin. Yeah, at least not yeah, there. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, 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 Rick, no, no Russell, Russell, no, no, even Leor. You know, right, right. But um yo man when i cut i i remember um my first my first real serious musician partner and i when, when we cut our first demo in a real studio i can remember having conversations at night you know like hey who should we send this to and blah 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 and, and we both said boy wouldn't it be great if we could get on def jam you know and and that demo went nowhere but um the fact that when I was working on the artwork and they sent me the logo and I put the logo into the artwork, it was like, wow, this is like, this is really happening. This is a thing. This is, this is crazy. So it was, uh, it was, it was a great learning experience because that was my first uh, dealings with the majors. And it's a whole, other process because they they dot the i's cross the t's to the nth degree you know they're and i and i don't have a problem with that um it was actually kind of nice having certain things be checked and proofed like down to the details because you know we don't normally have that working independently um so that that was that was interesting, and it but it was a lot of work because we ended up having to do uh, revised things, and the album went through a number of changes uh, from when we uh, started uh, the process to the uh, to till we turned it in, and we turned it in late. To you know, I don't know if Chuck has said that in any of the interviews. It the I think we actually turned the album in three times, I think. So, um, but there were just things, you know, different things that they, you know, um, for example, I don't think I can, I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this, but um, Fight the Power for a minute there, we weren't sure if it was going to be on the record. So, um, because they had some, they had some misgivings about uh, some paperwork from back in the day. So that got held up for a minute. Because it was like, okay, it's going to be on the, it's going to be on the record. Well, maybe it's not going to be on the record. So then we had to wait for, for Def Jam to sit, you know, to decide. Okay, do we, you know, do they? Because they always wanted it on the record, but they had to kind of clear some things up on their end, um, before they would commit to it. So for a minute there, there I had to do a whole separate version of the record that didn't have quite the power on it. Wow. Yeah. So, but. It, it, I'm I'm thrilled with their support of the record and the fact that they're uh, doing the promotion they're doing and and it's it's getting you know it's getting ears and it's it's getting seen and and uh, it's it's been a like I said a, a great learning experience you know from here on out.
0: Indeed, that in itself, I mean, I was telling Chuck that it was surreal to. To hear that song, obviously a different version of the song, but that song, you know, that was so impactful back in the late 80s, to hear it again on a brand new record and it be as relevant as it was 30 plus years ago. Yeah,
1: which is kind of disheartening in a way, you know? I I mean... I, I love the new version and I love what the M the other MCs brought to it because um, every, you know, you got one of the most iconic, I would say one of the most iconic songs. I don't even want to say rap songs, I'm going to say one of the most iconic songs in the history of recorded music redone with all these amazing guest features. And, but at the same time, you know, they, they're, talking about what's going on and you want to say 30 years later and things haven't changed. That's, it kind of sucks. You know, I mean certain things have changed, but the fact that again, 2020 is, is amplifying all this, um, you know, this tug of war between these ideologies that, you know, thinking that you would have thought would be gone by now. But history cool. books, history book stuff. Exactly. And, you know, I I live in, I live north of Pittsburgh, you know, out in the sticks a little bit. And, um, but it's not like way out. But I drove, I went to the store earlier today and I drove by, somebody had a uh, like a thing set up where they were selling Trump flags and, and stuff like that. Okay, whatever, but like in the, as I drove by and I looked, there were Confederate flags in there. And I'm like, (laughs) wait a minute, wait a minute. What, you know, really, really? First off, Pennsylvania is north of the Mason-Dixon line. We were on the winning side, you know, Um, but really? So, you know, to see these things, it's just, I don't, it's really unfortunate. you know, yeah, good for the record, but uh, it's it's a shame that we're still talking about some of these things, you know unfortunately,
0: indeed, indeed, disheartening is is the word, I would say, yeah. uh, th- that being said, I mean, how amazing is it that we have public enemy once again? I mean, that's another I think piece of not only history and pop culture. Uh, but also a sign of the times that once again, 30 years later, the group to step up and have that rallying cry record on a brand new album in 2020 is once again, public enemy.
1: Yeah. And and that kind of gave me, uh, as a fan of the music, uh, that was not even... Th- you know, as involved I was in it, but just the fact that they were back at the forefront and brought to the forefront by the record and and promoting the record, uh, I, I was very proud of that. I was very happy as a hip hop fan, as a rap fan, as a Public Enemy fan, um, you know, from way back, and uh, so that was that was a great thing, and to see the support the record got. And, and not just from uh, you know the long time fans but from people that weren't aware of all the music in the middle that you know all the independent stuff that they released uh, to see that was that was great that was that was very that was encouraging so you know that was I was um, really happy with that I think I think you know Chuck is too. Um I know he's been doing a lot of, of press and, uh, and a lot of interviews. And, and so he's getting the word out and man, he's putting in the hours too. This is my first interview about the record. So well, I I'm, I'm
0: honored that it's here.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I'm,
0: I'm, I thank you for having me, man. Anytime. I appreciate it. So what was it like seeing your artwork on the side of the NASDAQ building?
1: Well, that I didn't see, I didn't, I gotta give a shout out to Darren Holton because he was the one that actually did the the painting. Right, right. right. So Darren did the painting, um, and then I I just put the the, the titles and right. layout. On art, you
0: you were the art director, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Um, wasn't that cra- that was crazy, man? That was when we saw it. They sent it over. I was like, I was like, is that real? And then <laughs> like, and then somebody had it like an alternate camera angle where it was a video and you could actually see it cycling through the different things. And I was like, that was amazing. Wow. I, I immediately sent it to Darren. I said, you see this you know? <laughs> because it was cool prior to the album dropping, when they did the, um, when they put the logo up on like, yeah, uh, on parliament and near the Eiffel tower and stuff in, in New York and things like that, that was cool. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty sweet. And, um, a couple of people had sent me pictures. Um, there was some guerrilla marketing. Um, they were spray painting the logo on the sidewalks in like New York and things like that. So I was like, "Oh, that's that's kind of dope." But the Nasdaq thing was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty uh, this is pretty impressive here." So that was that was cool. That was exciting.
0: It's pretty amazing, man. I mean, you know, going from uh, you shared your story last time, going from pause mixtapes to you know being on the enemy boards to submitting tracks to and obviously this isn't the first project you've worked on numerous projects with with chuck and and public enemy and 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 even previous tracks that made their way onto this album Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, about the journey. How's, how's it, I mean, I I think this is a pretty broad question, but whatever comes to mind, how's it feel? I mean, I would imagine that there's a certain level of, and I know you put the work in, but a certain level of satisfaction and seeing the culmination of all that work kind of, you know, result in this epic release, you know, that you're able to see on the side of a building and on TV, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Um. You know what? That's a great question for like three months down the line because I'm actually (laughs) still working on stuff. Right, right. It's it's kind of a crazy thing that the record is out and I'm still working on the record. So, um, you know, um, and and just in terms of we're doing some Chuck wanted to do some uh, some alternate mixes, you know, like he wanted to do some dub mixes, some old school dub mixes and things like that. Um, We're prepping. I'm in the middle of editing a new video, um, for the album. Um, and then we have another one coming as well. So we got two new videos coming. Um, and, uh, and we just got the, uh, vinyl, the first batch of vinyl shipped out, uh, just this, just earlier this week, I think we went out to, went out to the universal distribution center on Wednesday. So, um, Chuck went down to uh, the pressing plant. He doesn't live far from the pressing plant, so he went down and and picked up a box. And so I had a Zoom call with him uh, that night, and he you know showed me the vinyl, opened it up, and stuff. That was that was that was cool to to see that to see it actually in his hand. So I'm I'm um, I can't wait to get a hold of one and, and take a close look at it. But yeah, um, it's 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 crazy because um the last handful of projects um got a response and uh, they you know and and you know i don't know how i want to say it um they got a decent response you know they were all independent records um with varying degrees of you know oh i love this or "Ah, it's okay you know you always get the people that are like ah their old stuff is better and it's like well we're not trying to do the old stuff you know trying to do what we're doing now and um and so that was that has been cool um to be along for that ride and learn what i'm learning uh and and then this year alone You know, we already. This is actually the second project we put out because we had the Enemy Radio album back April first, and when that record came out, um, the some of the response that we got for that was was really good. It was really solid, and um, that record came together in an interesting way, Um, and I got to do the whole thing. So uh I was I was really proud of that and I got some I, I got a couple of um reviews man reviews uh from people that I respect uh that I really respect their musical taste and uh one one guy in particular was so ecstatic about that record and it meant a lot to me what he said you know he said <laughs> he basically said if if I could get If I could get one more Ice Cube album that was as good as this this record is, he goes, I can die a happy man. (laughs) So wow, bro. That's like high praise coming from you because he was he's a serious, he's a serious music head and he has very discriminating taste. So for him to like give me that kind of praise, I was like, okay, I, I, I earned my paycheck today. Um uh so again, this hasn't quite sunk in, but the fact that it's getting out there, and it's also starting to get get across the world. Because now I'm seeing, uh, you know, people tweeting about it in Japan and, and Germany and England, and everywhere else, France. Um, that is, uh, you know, the reach thanks to Def Jam is so much more than we were able to do independently. And it's exciting. It's it's really exciting stuff. And then just the fact that. Um people are, you know, it's on my some uh, you know album of the year for me and you know, one of my top albums of the year, and people are saying this about this record and I'm just you know, I'm kind of speechless about the whole thing.' Um, I'm, I'm so happy that people are digging it like they do, um, because it was it was so hard to do. It was such. It was such a such a process. It was a difficult process to get that album done, um, and I, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to like downplay any of it. You know, I'm I'm so fortunate to have been involved in it, but it was the hardest I've ever worked on a record. I mean, hands down. Um, so, I, I th- and I said to Chuck, I think like a week before it came out, I said oh man, if, if this record comes out and people don't like it, I'm going to be so
0: pissed.
1: <laughs> so mad. Because I just, you know, it's just like you put so much, you put so much work into something. And, uh, oh, I and I, I told him, because uh, towards the end, especially when I was working on the artwork, I was listening to a lot of music in our message. And um, for whatever reason, it just kind of got back in my personal playlist and i was just listening to it a lot and uh and i said to him i now i understand um your song i stand accused which is the one that he wrote about critics that you know you know you put all this time into a record and then a critic takes an hour listens to it and then writes a damning review Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't 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 even really think about it and it's just like yeah i didn't like it and puts it out there and that affects your record and I said, now I understand that record. I mean, I kind of got it before, but now I understand your record. Um, but fortunately, the response to uh, what you're going to do when the grid goes down has been so positive. And I, you know, that's that's all you can ask for is is when you create something like that, and uh, the world responds in a way that you know like people just people saying, Oh, we needed this. Mm -hmm, It's like, wow. Okay. okay, I'm, you know, I'm so happy to be a part of something that could give you that kind of, uh, you know, whether it's joy or uh, comfort or just, you know, rallying cry or, you know, whatever, whatever people are getting out of it
0: that it's I'm honored to be a part of that. And PE records in general have always have always been so involved, you know, on the production side. Um, yeah. You know, just just the one song, Public Enemy Number One, with so many different MCs and and almost transitioning to into different songs. Tell me a little bit about maybe some of the more challenging parts of working on the record on the production side. Um you know it's funny with pe
1: because in a way you're always i don't want to how do i want to put this you're kind of chasing their past mm-hmm. because they made such iconic records Their four, their first you know five albums four albums You know, um, because I include music in that, I know music was kind of uh, wasn't people didn't quite get it when it came out, but I think it's it's been reappraised in the years since, and um, it's always been a very important record for me. It's kind of like I always consider that the last of the epic bomb squad public Mm -hmm. enemy records. So that run that they had, but at least the first three Mm -hmm. Um, Mm albums. And then a lot of people still love Apocalypse and then music. Um, You, you always have that uh, me for me, when I'm working on a PE record, that's always in the back of my mind. Um, Luckily I can't do what they did. And so even if I try, it never comes out like that. It always comes out as something different. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when uh, the first record that I produced for them from scratch, which was Superman's Black in the Building back in 2005, somebody uh, on the enemy board had said, boy, I wish, I'd wish i like to hear Chuck rhyming on something that sounds like Shut em Down again. And I read that and I said, you know what? I'm going to make a track like Shut Him Down and send it to Chuck. And it totally doesn't sound like Shut Down. It doesn't sound anything like it. But that beat that I made became Superman's Black in the Building. Mm-hmm. So I know when I start on a track um that for if it's gonna be public enemy, it has to be it there's a certain way that it has to be for it to even be considered as a public enemy song. And uh sometimes they get weird. Um, you know, Icebreaker started out as kind of a like strange I was trying to do like punk hip hop kind of thing. And that it turned into something else, Um, and you know, uh, uh, beat them all from Mm -hmm. from the new album. Yeah, was the same was the same way. That felt punkish as well. Yeah, it was trying to be. um, Trying to remember what I was thinking at the time, I was just i I didn't want it to be. Um. I didn't want it to be um, like funky. I wanted it to be kind of like something that's smashing you over the head. And, um, and it was just, it, it was funny because Chuck sent out a request for tracks. And this was for nothing is quick in the desert.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He sent out a request for tracks and, I was busy working on something else at the time. So I didn't so I said, okay, well, if I have time, I'll, I'll send him something. The next day, he said, "Please don't send any more tracks because I got like a hundred tracks. And I was like, "Oh man, I should have did something, but I was right in the middle of something else. I had no time. And I felt kind of bummed about it. but that weekend, I said, "You know what? I'm gonna make something anyway." i'll send it to him and if he likes it cool if not okay oh well you get him on the next one and i may beat them all and i sent him that track and i and i i sent it to him and i text him and i said hey i just sent you a track i know you got tons of tracks to go through but if you can use it use it if not no big deal i was doing something else got in the car with my son i was driving 20 minutes later. He calls me and he says, yo, that's it. That's what I need. I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, make me more of those. I was like, okay, word. He goes, that's the sound of the record. And that's how, that's how Nothing Is Quick in the Desert started to take shape. It came from me sending him that track just on the off chance that he might be able to use it. And then it went through a beat them all went through a little bit it's still basically the same song i think that changed the drums for for uh the grid album um went through a little bit of, of changes but but not much you know the the tracks that carried over from desert um are all different except for toxic toxic is exactly the same uh mix wise but everything else is either Either we changed something in the mix or they're shorter. You know, we had, to, we had to compress it because we had new songs. And we had to, uh, our, our deal with Def Jam was for a single album. So it had to be a max of 44 minutes. So we, had to get it to, we had to get it to 44 minutes. So that's why, that's why some of the songs that appeared on Desert got truncated.
0: Now it's it seems to me that I'm hearing live instrumentation. I didn't happen to see that on anything that I read. Is is that is that you uh, or, um, it's
1: it's a number of people. Uh, yeah, there I you know I I didn't play, but I program some stuff. Right. Um, I programmed a lot of stuff. We had uh, uh, Kyrie Wynn, you know, um, who's the Guitar player for the Peas live shows. Um, you know, Kyrie uh, played on a number of songs. Played guitar on a number of songs. Uh, we had uh, Johnny Juice and um, um, his partner. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm his name is escaping me at the moment. I have to look it up. Um, but they they brought in some instrumentation uh, for a number of tracks. Uh, you know, things like that. I'm trying to think of those, uh, the go at it has some live players on it. Um, yeah. So, so it, it was kind of a mix and mix and match of, of things. And some, some things we played and then sampled what we played mm. to give it that kind of feeling, mm. you know, to feel like, uh, more like gritty and, and, you know, kind of looped that that kind of sound uh uh the song grid is a is a great example of that so you know uh juice uh they juice and his uh his guy played played some things and then i went in and chopped it and looped it and, you know mm-hmm. um, tried to tried to to evoke that feeling out of right. it so very nice yeah it was, it was an it was an interesting process through right. through it all and and those songs kind of went through these weird phases of you know different mixes and and different song lengths and things like that. So, uh, but uh, it was it was funny until I got the until I got the test press of the vinyl to check it. I hadn't actually sat down and listened to the album front to back. That was the first time I heard wow. it, the vinyl because we had changed it so much. So I, I, I knew the songs and I I figured out the sequence and I thought the sequence was right. Um, and Chuck signed off on the sequence. He goes, yeah, that works. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, but I I, hadn't, I didn't actually get to listen to it until I got the test press, which was weird. That was a very strange experience.
0: And you mentioned working on a new video. I have to commend you. Uh, State of the Union was, was pretty amazing. I remember reading something. I don't remember if... I don't remember if it was chalk. It might've been even been you. Somebody put something like it was a clandestine shoot late at night or something like that. Tell me a little bit about that production. Well,
1: you, you know, you remember it was uh, in the middle of, you know, really in the middle of the, of COVID and, and a lot of things being shut down. So, um, but we knew we had to move on it and, and to get it done. So I actually, I traveled a lot for that video. So, uh, Chuck was in New York. So we went, I went there first and then we went to Primo spot and uh, shout out to DJ premier for letting us shoot in his studio. And, um, and, uh, we had a, we had a great time there. You know, we, we were there for a few hours. We didn't shoot the whole time. Most of the time it was talking and hanging out, but we, you know, we got the, we got the footage we needed. Um, and got wrapped up and hung out and broke bread and it was great. It was a great experience. And then, um, and then from there, um, I went home for a day and then I went to Los Angeles and, uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Nabb, we shot at his studio and, um, you know, he, you know, he took care of us as far as that goes because they weren't, you know, they weren't issuing permits but i think he's like just outside of la so it's a different kind of situation jurisdiction kind of thing and and you know there weren't a whole lot of people there so um just who needed to be there but that was kind of the shoot we just got everybody together that night lord flew out flavor came out um and you know we set up set up a bunch of locations at the studio knocked it out it was it was really hot (laughs) that is Hundred some degrees. (laughs) I'd ask for another take, and they'd be like, "Sure, (laughs) just got to do one more." Oh, okay. It's a rough night, and uh, I think I lost five pounds by the time. Wow. Yeah, but um, but we got it, and it looked
0: great. It looked awesome.
1: Yeah, and thank you. And um, and then I came back, and then that weekend I drove down to Washington D.C. to get the footage of the x one W's at the, uh, MLK. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was the last bit of that. And had that, that literally took, uh, maybe an hour or something like that. But, um, but it was kind of nice that my wife down, drove down with me and, you know, kind of got out of the house and, 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 um, and it was a beautiful day. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how that whole video came together. Um, and luckily, nobody got sick. <laughs> you know, we all stayed safe and and uh, and 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 got it done. And and I I was able to get back and, and get it cut together in time to release the single that we were trying to get out um, for Juneteenth. I think was when I think that's when we put it out, right? Is that what it was? <laughs> I yeah, I don't
0: remember. I don't remember the date.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's what it was.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, as well as that, you also directed the television appearance on The Colbert Show. Tell me yeah. a little bit about that experience. How was that? That also seemed, I don't know, it also seemed clandestine. I don't know. I saw the picture that you uh, you put out where it seemed like you guys were backstage. I know it's not a regular television uh, production, yeah. but it just seemed like, you know, this was clandestine. I don't know
1: it was um that was wow that was awesome that was so exciting because we were shooting the video that we're going to put out next and um i was out uh we had shot in a couple different places in in around la and then i was getting ready i was out in palm springs and we were going to be shooting in the desert and i got a call that morning at the hotel room because I was supposed to shoot in the desert and then drive back to LA and then catch a flight home. Wow, That was was the plan. And we got a call that morning and they said, uh, yeah, um, Colbert wants, you know, PE to appear, uh, on the show the night of, um, uh, the, the first, uh, um, what's, uh, (laughs) the disaster that it was the, uh, debate mm-hmm. and um and they said uh um they're they're allowing us to shoot it in la um uh, instead of having to go to new york and they don't all i evidently they don't always do that that so but they were willing they wanted pe on um you know and so they were willing to do that for us and so they said you know can you stay in la and i said
0: oh man i
1: you know but then it's like how do you say no to that you know you can't say no to that so you know they, they're offering you the chance to direct that piece it's like okay you know i called my wife i'm like you know what do you think she's like you got to do it you know no question i'm like okay i just want to make sure you you know we're all on the same page and um and so at the at the time we were still trying to figure out where we were going to shoot it. and cyprus was actually doing a couple of gigs that weekend um, one one of which was up near where Chuck lives and uh, they were doing the kind of drive-in gigs you know so they set mm-hmm. up a stage and people drive their cars and like the old drive-ins and, uh, and so they were going to be around and then at the last I think what maybe a day or two before we found out George Clinton was in LA and he wanted to come through and it's like Jeez, okay, you know, it's like all these pieces just fell into place, and it was, just like, you know, it was crazy, you know, and you know who stopped by just to say what up? Um, at, when I got there to the studio to get ready, MC Search
0: was there. Wow,
1: yeah, so I got to talk to Search for a minute. You know, being a longtime third base fan, and yeah. he he knew my instagram because he had seen my kids with his records and stuff He goes i love your kids you know and I was like, that was that was great so um so it was just such an, you know an exciting day um and and such a you know i'm so happy for the experience i got to give a shout out to uh, chuck's manager lori bula who was my producer on it uh you know who made it happen and um yeah that was that was a thrill and that was my so that was another first, you know, my first uh, directing gig for a major television network, and and for it to be on the Colbert Show, that was, you know, again another honor. So, you know, I was so so thrilled we were able to do that.
0: Yeah, that's that was really uh, impressive to see all that star power on one stage. Yeah, man. Uh, and then televised, you know, on a on a huge. Uh, Nightly show i don't know it was just it was something yeah. it was something that I think uh made up for everything else that was going on, yeah,
1: you know that was that was yes, I would totally agree with that it was it was so exciting, and I mean you know to do it to do it, and then now I get to watch it back, you know luckily, it goes to YouTube, and so you, you go on there, and just you know Stephen Colbert introducing it. I loved his introduction of it of the piece. I just, I just watched that part over and over again, and but you know to have Uncle George there, and you know, and I got to I got to talk to him a little bit and his wife, and talk to B real a little bit, and um, you know, oh man, it was it was uh, you know, ah, it was just it was amazing. It was it was really an amazing experience, and to the fact that you know, and I produced that song too, mm-hmm. so. You know, it kind of sunk in later after the fact. It was like, wow, I got to direct that, and they're doing the song that I worked on, and it's like, it's very surreal,
0: man. Very surreal. So, so you you have been immensely, for lack of a better description, just so busy and in so many different creative projects. I read about your Heights Girl too. And yeah. I see that it's also available on streaming platforms. Tell me a little bit about, and I know that you also have a background in as a filmmaker. Tell me a little bit about that world, you know, f- uh, shooting a video, directing a video, and then the process of making it available in this streaming era that we're in.
1: Well, you know, what's funny is that um, Heights Girl 2, uh, that picture in particular, uh, we had a big movie premiere set up for it and literally the week of the premiere is when they shut everything down they we were gonna have it up in cleveland i went up there the weekend before and took the the the, uh the digital cinema project the the dcp you know that's how they show movies now um the hard drive i took it up to the theater and they they ingested it and did a test quick test screen, put it up on the screen and there it was and it looked great. And I was like, ah, this is going to be so, you know, so exciting. And that, you know, that was Saturday, the Saturday before we were supposed to premiere and Monday they shut everything down. And so we were just, it was kind of like, oh man. But we also realized, okay, this is a thing and people are going to be home now. So, we should really push to get it out on digital because people are going to need something to take their minds off of all this chaos. And so we kind of, kind of rushed it through the system as best we could to, to get it uh, up on on streaming platforms for people to see. And uh, again, you know, the response has been phenomenal. It, it's a sequel to a um, a project that started out as a web series back in twenty. Um, 15, I think is 2014, 15. Um, and, and what happened with that was we did it as a web series, but the episodes were very short. And my business partner, who's also my cousin, John Del Cerone, Johnny Filmworks, um, wanted to do a screening, a theatrical screening for the finale, the first season finale of the show. And, we knew that the the finale was the longest episode, but it was it was like twenty minutes, and we knew well you can't just bring people into a theater for twenty minutes and then, you know that's it. So we were trying to figure out how to do it, and I said, well, let me try putting all the episodes together. Mm. And when I did that, it ran about two hours, and so we said, well, okay, well there you go, it's like a movie. So we showed it, and we had the screening, and the screening went over like gangbusters. It played really well, and we. And then we both kind of realized, we're like, plays pretty well as a movie. Mm. So when we went to Amazon Prime with it, eventually, we put it up as a movie. And then maybe, maybe four months after we released it on Prime, it went crazy. Like it just, all these people started watching it. And it became kind of recognized more as a film, as a feature film than as a web series. Like people knew it as a web series originally, but then it, be, it got its own life as a as a feature film. So when we dis, so we had plans for a season two, but it got held up for a while as we were working on some different things. And by the time we came back to it, we said, "You know what? We're going to do a film. We're going to do a feature film season two because now everybody knows it as a film." Mm. So, um, so the filmmaking thing and even video making doing music videos um it's strange i have this weird kind of separation in my brain between music and film and my my, my creative brain actually works in in two different ways for both of those things so it's it, that's a good thing for me because like Ch- chuck actually asked me when we were getting ready to to do the video he said well you produce a song you know is it weird producing the song and doing the video i said well luckily i i can look at the video from a filmmaking perspective and and take the the song production out of that the song writing song production out of it um so yeah it's kind of interesting to be able to do both of those creative creative works and um and have you know uh, have the have the response be what it is to it you know heights girl 2 it just went up on 2 so you can go watch it for free mm-hmm. on 2B, it's on amazon prime so if you have amazon prime you can watch it there too and um uh chuck actually has a has a small role in the first heights girl, so if you go and watch that one he plays a uh, therapist in that one um and then the you know uh and then the second one we we had to up the ante a little bit, you know, and, and bring in some more action and, and some more heavy drama and and uh, and people are digging it, man. They 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 love it. It's it's great seeing the response to that. And they're like, "When's part three coming?" And we're like, <laughs> "No idea." So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting process.
0: So is the monetization obviously, or, or maybe not, I, I was going to say obviously DVD isn't really a thing or at least not what it used to be. Is it really about licensing it to multiple platforms and then maybe, I don't know if you have international uh, platforms as well, or is there another piece of the equation as far as the business side is concerned?
1: Right now it seems to be for the kind of film that, um, you know, Heights Girl is an urban drama, pri- primarily, with some action thrown in. Um, so, the uh, we think, you know, from what we're learning, that uh, Tubi is a great platform. Mm. Um, it, it seems to be getting a lot of streams. Now, again, uh, Heights Girl, the first one, did really well on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And and now it, it's on Tubi as well. Um, so you're and it it seemed like it was doing okay there. And now you kind of have the effect of now they're both there, so people are going back to watch the first one and they watch the second one again. Um, but DVD is not actually like we haven't counted DVD out. Um, we put both of the movies out on DVD and. Um, We've had, uh, when we first got them in, we were selling them independently and up in the Cleveland area where we shot the film. And, you know, we had actors that were selling them and, and, you know, um, it was actually what we did was we gave anybody that, um, bought a ticket for the premiere ahead of time, we gave them the option of a refund or they could get a DVD Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, DVD or we had flash drives too, um, so they could pick pick what they wanted. And I don't think we gave any, maybe one or two refunds. Both people just took the DVD. Um, so yeah, so we got some DVDs out, and then it's coming out nationwide um, on DVD through uh, MVD. Oh yeah, I know uh, those folks. Yeah, out of out of Philly, with, yeah. which we worked with. Uh, we worked with them on the label too. On it's Land Records. Um, they are our distributor there. So, um, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be in some stores. Um, seems to do really well out on the West Coast, um, the big box electronic stores out mm-hmm. there. Um, so we have that. We, we reissued uh, our um, Swing Low Sweet Chariot from uh, 2013. And then Heights Girl, the first one, and Heights Girl 2 are making their DVD debuts so uh so yeah there is still a bit of a market that we found for dvd which kind of did kind of surprise us because we thought everything had kind of leaned towards streaming but there's still a bit of a market for it i don't know if it's a collectability thing like vinyl um or if um you know there i there are people that you know that just want to have it so they can watch it whenever they they want, you know, mm-hmm. if the internet's down or something like that, and they mm-hmm. want to watch it, they can throw the disc in. So,
0: so out of uh, you know, and it kind of speaking of the vinyl piece, I know that on the Slam Jams, I say Slam Jams, but it's really the oh, Spit yeah. Slam Records group, right? Yes. Um, on that side, you guys obviously still offer physical products. I know some of those are on demand through Kanaki uh, yep. or Kunaki. Uh, yes. Tell me tell me a little bit about that. And also, if you don't mind, maybe some of the latest and greatest on that side of your world. So, um, yeah. Jeez. Uh, 15 years ago,
1: I think I was looking for a... I wanted to do, we were on Slam Jams and we had uh, we had put out the, uh, the Impossibles album, Slave Education, mm-hmm. and we were working on, uh, my partner Tyrate and I were working on uh, the Lowdown album, which is called Ground Zero. And I wanted to find a solution for doing CD singles without having to spend you know buy a thousand cds that i knew i wasn't going to be able to move and uh, so uh on demand printing was starting to become a thing and i think for a minute there we were looking at uh, cafe press i think it was i I think cafe press offered it or amazon on demand something like that
0: you know probably yeah create was it create press Yeah. Or create space, create space, right? Yeah.
1: Create space. I think that's what it was. Yes. And in the process of doing a search for it, I found this place that originally was in Brooklyn called Kunaki and they build themselves as a completely automated system. You use their proprietary software to upload your artwork and your audio and and then they've offered video too you could do dvds through them although the dvds were a little rough at first but i i think they've gotten better they do blu-ray now and i actually made a heights girl 2 blu-ray just to try it out it looks great so um but anyway so i made a lowdown ep and got the free sample and i was like wow this is great this is cool uh this, is, this could be a thing. And so we ended up doing a couple of maxi singles for the Lowdown record through Kunaki. They didn't really sell a lot, but, you know, it was it's nice to have. I still have them. They're, you know, they're great to have. And then, you know, over the, over the next couple of years, they, their printing got better. Um, and, their, you know, the presentation just looked better. So I did a couple of, I did an Impossibles compilation album through them and um you know a couple other side projects and i kept telling chuck about them i said hey this is a really cool service i don't know if it'll come in handy or not and he was always interested in it so when we had the serious conversation about spit slam he said you know what he brought it up he said what about Kanaki? Do we do Kanaki? I said, Yeah, of course. That makes all the sense in the world because we can offer CDs for people that still want to collect CDs, and uh, and we also knew that we would do some vinyl, you know. But it would be select titles, and 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 we've done some in, some really great, interesting things on wax. But every release we put out gets a, at least gets a CD, an on-demand CD, and we don't sell a whole lot, uh, but we do have. I've noticed that we do have customers. There are certain people out there that damn near get everything we release. If it comes out, if it has spit slam on it, they'll get, they'll buy it. They'll get the CD. So that is, that's really cool. That's a, that's something I didn't quite expect. And it makes me feel confident that we're on the right track.
0: Awesome. So so if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about some of the latest and greatest. I know beyond, obviously, all the amazing things that you've done on the creative side of not only Public Enemy, but also Chuck D releases. You clearly have also been involved in another hip-hop icons, uh, recent releases, uh, the amazing Daddy-O from Sonic. Damn. Uh, I saw that, uh, you have a cool Rob G project coming up, which is definitely, Oh, the chill Rob, uh, yeah. chill, Rob, chill Rob G chill Rob G chill Rob G. So tell me a little bit about, uh, what's happening on, on that side of, of the world.
1: So, okay. So Rob, so Rob is writing right now. I, I was, I, I think it was when we were, did the state of the union video. I was at after it was either, I think it was after we shot, um, I was sitting with Chuck in the office and he gave me um, the, the book of, because I have it, the book of hip hop. He had a copy of it too. And he, he pulled it out because we were talking about the label and, you know, what, you know, what's coming up. And he just pulled it out and he goes, he goes, here, take a look at this. I said, Oh, I got that book. And he goes, yeah, he goes, go through it. He goes, pick out an artist that you think we, might, you know, that you would like to work with. I was like, okay, you know, there's legends in that book. I mean, serious legends, but I'm like, well, I know he's not meaning the serious legends, you know. Uh, Yeah, I'd love to do a Slick Rick album, but I doubt Slick Rick would want to do something on a spit slam, but but who knows? Maybe he would. I don't know. But anyways, I'm flipping through the book, and lo and behold, there's Rob G's Ride the Rhythm, which is one of my favorite albums 45 King on the Beats that album is a monster came out on Wild Pitch um, what 1989 and yo know, man it's a criminally underrated record and Robs has the voice he's got the flow he's got the lyrics i mean this dude is so dope and it kind of got overshadowed by the whole power thing you know mm-hmm.
0: that song i, I got yep.
1: that so I saw it, I was like, yo, I'm like, I love this album. He goes, yeah. I'm like, yo, this is one of my favorite, all time favorite records, man. He goes, he goes, that's doable. I said, word? He goes, I'll reach out to Rob. He goes, yeah, I could do that. I'm like, really? You know, I'm like more blown away than he is. And I don't think he expected it. And And he said, yeah, I'll reach out to him. I got back. And I'm home for maybe two days and then I get a text and it's Chuck and another number. He goes, uh, Rob, this is C doc, C doc, chill Rob G linking you two guys together. Chill Rob's like, uh, yo C doc, I'll get, you know, give me a call. And, and so we can chop it up. I'm like, okay, word. And I called him. I'm like, yeah. He said, yeah, Chuck said, "Uh, you know, you're interested in, you know, doing something. And I was like, I would love to do something, bro. He's like, well, just send me some tracks. I'm like, okay. I'm thinking to myself, it's just that easy? Really? Okay. So I started sending him some stuff and, you know, didn't hear anything. And then he hit me back. He's like, I'm writing, I'm on it, I'm I'm working on it. And he goes, I like these. I'm, I'm, you know, and then you know keep sending me stuff so i think i've sent him, i think i've sent him eight or nine songs and i think he's he's written to six or seven of them and he's actually recorded two um and he sent me the vocals i just haven't had time to get back to it um and i told him i said uh, you know i'm wrapped up in the pe record and and a couple other things but um you know, I'll get back to it or whatever. So I'm, I'm really excited about that record, man. This is like, that is, you know, this year has been crazy, man. The whole Def Jam thing, response to the record, Ice Girl 2 doing well. And then I get to do a record with Chill Rob G. That's, I'm just like, yo, you know, know, which God did I please this, you know, it's it's crazy. um, So that's really exciting for me. Um, We're doing another Black Medine record, you know, that they Mm-hmm. I did their I did the uh their last record that we put out last year. Um I love those guys. They're out of Boston. Um uh very uh all about their uh their faith, um you know, their Muslim faith and hip hop. Mm-hmm. And they mix the two together very very well. And they're they're great guys to, and they're very easy to work with and um and they're very self-sufficient too. They, you know, they, they do their own videos and, um, and, you know, supply all the parts, man. It, it, they're, they're a joy to work with. And I love their, I love their music. So I'm, I love working with those guys. So that's, that's one of the albums that's coming up next. Um, of course, daddy, O, you know, the stetsonic legend that, that guy is just relentless, man. You want to talk about a dude that, lives and breathes hip-hop and just executes constantly i mean he has got he's got albums in the vaults man like you know that are that are damn near ready to go um and he just keeps creating he keeps writing he keeps recording um and so i've been blessed to work on his last three albums i think it's been uh yeah you know that we've put out on the label and um the his most recent um goat antidote came out a couple months back and uh really really great record i'm not even talking about the songs i did um i'm proud i'm really proud of the songs i did but man that record has got a lot of dope joints on it um actually the last two and then the the one from last year from my hood to you is a really solid record he is just like killing it right now, uh, and he got—he's uh, trying to get Stetsasonic, you know, back to to record some some new joints. They did one; they did one new joint, um, which I got to help arrange. I got to help work on the arrangement for that, which was which was great. That was an honor. And I've sent them some tracks for some new stuff. So hopefully, hopefully they dig them, and and we'll get some new Stetsasonic on the way because that would be that would just being beautiful for hip-hop in general man Sonic coming back man. those guys have been gone for too long so um so yeah there's that you know odad is always working on stuff man and, and uh, he's got some other projects too um he did a he did a uh the, the crooklyn did you see the crooklyn dodgers four record he did with him and um yeah it was a single it was him and uh uh indigo phoenix and um oh Thurston and Thurston thirst third right. mm-hmm.
0: we covered that on the site
1: I, I got to remix that so that was dope that was a lot of fun um doing a crooklyn dodgers record that was, <laughs> that was cool we have some we're gonna put out a compilation record a, a daddy o compilation record on on vinyl next year that's on the plans um we're also planning on putting out the enemy radio album on mm-hmm. wax since we never got around, we didn't get around to it this year, but I think we're going to do that. Um, might pitch that for Record Store Day. We'll see. Uh, Almighty Jawell from Son of Berserk. We did the Pop Smash record. That was a lot of fun. That was a blast, man. Um, any Son of Berserk fans out there? Check mm-hmm. that record out. That's that's a that record's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, we have Retina MC, uh, who is just a really dope. She is just great. She's a great MC in the vein of Latifah and Light and Heather B and stuff. But she's she's dope because she she can ride anything. She can do the modern stuff, Um, and she just put out a song called "Rap Real Ass Problems," and you know it's a it's a dope song. And then and I hit her up, and I was like, uh, because we put her album out last year, and I hit her up recently because I was listening to. Latifah's black rain record. Uh, I was on a road trip and I had that playing and I thought of, I instantly thought of Retina and I, I called her, I said, Hey, would you be, would you be interested in doing like a throwback nineties record? Like, you know, that kind of style, like, you know, you know, uh, like, um, you know, some MC light, you know, Latifah stuff. And she was like, she got all excited. She's like, yes, that would be great. I am like I'll send you some joints. So I sent her a couple of tracks and she said she's already working on that. So I'm 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 really uh, really excited to see what she comes up with for that cuz that that I think'll be a really fun record. Um yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. What am I missing is PE2.0. 2.0. PE2.0. 2.0. Yes, I haven't started that one yet and I'm still trying to figure that one out, but we're we Chuck wants to do a new PE2.0 record jahi uh from enemy radio and pe 2.0 just put out his own new project today um so with the with the uh um on the tough gong label so that's that's really exciting for him that's great um you know that's i, I hope uh, i hope he gets some traction with that record you know especially coming off of his appearance on fight the power on on the pe record and he's also on go at it and he also he did some writing on the record as well. So yeah, so big ups to Jahi and uh, and uh, yeah, we're trying to figure out what the next PE 2.0 record is going to be. We actually have a couple of songs left over from Enemy Radio that we didn't that didn't go on that album. Mm-hmm. So they may find a home on the PE 2.0 record. But I haven't even I haven't even begun to think about what that's going to be yet. That's a a whole other process. So I've got to finish a couple of things up up first and then I'll I'll launch into that. But uh, I'm hoping to get that record out maybe by February next year. Fingers crossed.
0: So, I mean, that is is an uh, immense amount of work being involved in so many different projects. Seeing them from... I'm assuming from what you described the inception to fruition. Yes. What is and 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 then we're talking about also making them available as physical product, obviously distribution. What am I missing is there is there is there a licensing component? I know at some point you've got music licensed to to film and TV. Is there anything else uh, that that that's happening on behalf of the label that That you're involved in that maybe i just haven't thought to to ask about
1: well i mean we did we do try to get licensing um you know the when we did chuck's celebration of ignorance album um there one of the songs on it speak on it was licensed for um uh the lebron james showtime um the shut up and dribble um it was in the end credits of one of those one of the episodes so we're always looking to that. Um, You know what? It's funny because the kind of music that I normally make is sample based and you know how (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. legalities, how that, how that gets um, with, you know, trying to clear things. Um, That was one of the great things about working with Def Jam is I learned so much about how they do it. You know, that process. So, um, yeah, we're always looking for we're always looking for ways to kind of to fit these things in um, to other situations if we can. Um, You know, right now, the big the main thing that we're looking at for the label and for each of the artists is is promoting them uh, social media wise at a grassroots level. And, uh, I, I consulted with a a friend of mine who I've known for many years now, his name's Chuck Stevens, consulted with him, um, because that's what, that's his day job. Uh, he works for uh, an insurance, uh, a a prominent insurance company and he does uh, a lot of social media stuff for, for them. So he knows what he's doing. And I asked him for advice one time. I said, you know, can you give me any advice about what I should be doing? social media-wise for the label. And he said, yeah, you should let me run it. And I said, I don't have the money to pay you, Chuck. And he said, no, dude. He said, I believe in your music. I believe in what you guys are doing. I'm a fan and I want to help. And so that was a godsend. Um, so, you know, props to Chuck Stevens for, for helping out. And, and right now he's, um, you know, we had a meeting the other day With some of the artists, and he got to talk to them and say, you know, if you guys have questions, please hit me up. I want to help you guys uh, expand your brand, and I want to help the label grow and 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 move as it as as a as a great MC once said, move as a team, never move alone. So um, you know, so we're getting pieces in place to continue to grow the label, and I'm also hoping. Because I'm seeing it a little bit with the public enemy record coming out, people are going back and checking out enemy radio. They're going back and checking out Celebration Ignorance. They're going out back and checking out the other PE titles. And um that's another thing we are hoping to get cleared up here in the near future, uh, fingers crossed. Um it's just a the light the the um There's a lot of legalities that have to be cleaned up because over the years, things so many things have changed with the way that we distributed records. That we want to get the Public Enemy catalog back in one place so that we can start to reissue some of that stuff, and then also albums that came out that never had vinyl releases will finally get you know vinyl releases. Uh, How You Sell Soul or Revolver Revolution or New World or things of that of that nature. Um, so it's a lot of uh, a lot of cleanup, you know, um, from the previous situations. But it's all been good, man. We're making headway, and little by little, you know, it's a process. It's 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 not an overnight thing, but I'm already starting to see some really positive results that I'm I'm happy with. So we just got to keep plugging plugging away at it
0: not to mention your group, the impossibles, you have a new project that I saw that was, I don't know if it's already started or if it's coming in the future.
1: Um, so this, Oh yeah. I put out another compilation record this past year, just kind of dropped it out there and said, Hey, this is here in case, you know, um, it was a collection of songs. Um, I want to do something because next year is our 20th anniversary. And, um the impossibles is an interesting thing because you know I I did we did we talk about Marcus in the last show? Yes. Okay. yes, yes,
0: yeah.
1: So Marcus, uh Jay, my partner in the group, you know, passed away. And I think he had just passed away, yes, you know, yes. when we talked. So um so it's been tough for me to go back there. Uh, but I know that wherever he is now, he's ready to kick my ass because I haven't done anything. And he's not going, he would not be thrilled for me to just kind of stop the group. So I have to figure it out, but I want to do something for the 20th anniversary. And both Chuck D and Daddy-O, who are both honorary members of the group, want to do something. And so I just have to kind of figure that out. Uh, but I got to, I have to figure it out soon um, because 2021 will be here in no time flat. And, um, and, and I, think it's, I think it's time. It's just about time to do something. I do have some stuff um, that we were kind of works in progress. So I have some scratch vocals of, that Marcus did that I can kind of turn into new songs. So that is, that's cool um you know and and he can make make a, you know some additional appearances it's great that um rest and beats
0: mm-hmm.
1: is on the public enemy album because he's on there you know not only did he co-write the song he's on that record mm-hmm. and it's very fitting that he's on that record um and so I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that we finally got that out you know uh in a way because he was, he was with me through the whole situation with Desert as that kind of fell apart um, and got wrapped up in in legalities. Um, so, so that it's the fact that it's finally out there. You know, I'm I'm so thrilled with that. I know Chuck is too because we've spoken about it on a number of occasions. So yeah, the the impossibles. I I haven't figured it out, but that is something that is right here, kind of in the back of my mind, and I got to do something, you know, because 20 years, man, um, that's crazy, I, you know, I can't even believe that it's been that long, and, uh, you know, I wish we would have done more, you know, looking back, um, because there were a number of years there that we didn't really do much, we cut some singles here and there, but, I don't, I don't know. I, my headspace wasn't right or whatever. But I, I handed it to Marcus. Marcus always carried the torch, man. He was always ready to go. And then when, it finally, when I finally committed to it, said, hey, you want to do something? He's like, yes, let's go. You know, I'm waiting. What are we doing? So um, so um, at, at the very least, I know Chuck and I maybe a year or two ago had discussed doing a, a compilation of some sort. So at least there will be that, um, and there's a song. There's also a song that may go in the Daddy O compilation. I, I think we were going to do that. Uh, that it has uh, it's Daddy O Marcus and I that uh, that we haven't released yet, which is uh, which was one of the last songs Marcus recorded. So it'll it'll be good to to get that record out too. Finally. And Daddy O keeps asking, "Hey, are we gonna drop this?" I'm like, "Yes, I, I guess we should do that." And one thing gets in the way, and of another, and things get held up. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's cool, man. It's cool. This just so much stuff. Um, which I almost forgot to mention uh, on the label side, uh, Ant Live from uh, you remember MF nine one one from uh, from that. They Had a record out ninety-three It was produced by said G or so co-produced. Sounds so, I so <laughs> familiar. Yeah, Sounds you gotta familiar. look that one look that one up. Mf nine one one. That's Ant Live from Detroit. Yes. Ant Live, Ant Live just put out a record, a new record on SpitSlam, Slam um, called God Hour. And I it's one of my favorite records we put out so far. It's so dope. He did the, was, boom uh, bap, the Boom Bap, the Boom one, right? Yeah. Boom right. Bap Kings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, man, uh, God Hour is such a dope record. Uh, I'm thrilled to put, to have been able to put that out. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have to produce anything. Ann just sent it over, and it's like here you go, and it was ready to go. We did the, you know, we finalized the artwork on it, put it up, and yeah, that's a that's a great record uh, for anybody that loves that that boom bap style. Um, dope record. So shout out to Ann Live for that. A lot of just a lot of it's been a it's been an exciting couple of years man um as far as that and i'm i'm glad that even though everything is shut down as far as performing which is tough you know for the artists out there but i'm glad that we've still been able to keep producing music you know and keep providing a soundtrack for people if they need it um because i think because i think it's important you know sometimes you gotta like shut out the world and just for a minute get lost in a song or something and uh, i'm really proud of the kind of hip-hop that we champion and that we try to release um because we do it because we love it first and foremost you know this isn't (laughs) we're not getting rich off this. You know, when the money comes, it's great. And it's a blessing, but we don't do it. We're not doing it to get paid. We're doing it because we got to do it. You know, this is, this is music. We, we are compelled to make, you know, Chuck recently said, you know, he said, he said, hip hop is my religion. And I was like, wow, that's dope. And and I thought, yeah, it's mine too. You know, it kind of gave me that realization. It's like, yeah, hip hop is my religion, too. That's a great way to to put it um, because it's just it's it's just there. You know, it's always there for me um, in one way, shape or form.
0: That's awesome man i uh, I can't say enough how impressed I am by by all the amazing things that you've been doing you never cease to amaze me so I just want to congratulate you on all your hard work uh, coming to fruition and uh, just want to wish you all the best and and much continued success in everything that you do and thank you once again man for taking so much time and, and hey sharing. is any any time it's my pleasure bro you are one of the champions.
1: Of again, you're one of the champions of, of hip hop. You've been doing this for so many years now. And yeah, hey, it's always an honor to come on your show and, and or to talk with you, chop it up with you anytime you want to. I'm always here. And uh yeah, man, keep keep it alive, bro. Keep keep doing what you're doing too, because uh I, I see your I see your tweets and you're like you you come with the gems, man. You drop the wisdom out there, and it's like wow is makes always making sense
0: well you know? hip-
1: hip-hop is my religion too yeah man we gotta do we gotta do it we gotta do it for the music we gotta do it for the culture so it's a beautiful thing so thank you thank you, thank you man
0: you got it well take care of yourself man wish you all the best and i'm sure we'll catch up soon enough man
1: okay thanks Is. all right good night good night Peace.